here. Um, last week we started a, a series on the book of Galatians. Um, if you don't know, the book of Galatians was written by a guy, you've probably heard his name, they call him the Apostle Paul. Apostle is really just a fancy name for church planner. And Paul would go around the, know, the world at that time and plant churches and then write letters to the churches to instruct them, to guide them, and that's how he kind of oversaw all of them and it, it kept them in line. And the book of Galatians was really written to all of us to be a, a, a book of guidance, to kind of keep us in our lane, to keep us going in the right direction. And it was actually written to the church of a city called Galatia. And if you remember last week, we talked about this, that Paul would go in and teach the gospel, which is there's one way to be saved through Jesus. That's all you got to do is believe in him. That's what the Bible tells us. Well, after Paul would teach, then these other people would come in behind them, and they would begin to say, well, yeah, you need to believe on Jesus, but there's also this other stuff you got to do if you really want to be saved. And Paul says, hey, you, you fall away from the true gospel, the true gospel of grace and relationship, not rules and religion. So today, we're gonna, real quick, in the next 20 minutes, I'm going to go fast, and we're going to talk about um, chapter 2. And the theme of chapter 2 is this. It's just keep moving forward. Your takeaway today is um, keep moving forward. Here at Believers, um, just about everything in the room and everything out in the foyer and the kids building, you'll see this hashtag that says one step. And what that, what that means is that we've kind of consolidated our vision and our, our plan for what we feel like God has us doing here is to help people take one step from where they are to where God wants them to be. And all of us in the room, whether you've been in church all your life or you, this is the first time you've ever donned the doors of a church, we've all got a step to take. We're all on this journey somewhere, going somewhere. And the Paul addresses a guy named Peter. Peter was a Jew, and the Jews, these Jews believed in Jesus. But Peter's problem was he acted something different when the other Jews showed up. He began to lean back toward the, the Old Testament law. I want to read this to you. This is out of the book of Galatians, chapter 2, verse 11 through 13. And this is out of the message paraphrase. The paraphrase is not a real tran a literal translation. The guy wrote it so his family could read the Bible and just kind of puts it in our language. It says, later when Peter came to Antioch, I had a face-to-face -face confrontation with him because he was clearly out of line. And he says, here's the lowdown. So he's like, he's, he's getting ready to go nose to nose. This is like one of the original come to Jesus meetings. Anybody had those when you were a kid? Mom and dad came home, said it's time to come, go meet Jesus. This was Paul going to Peter. See, and the, as they were doing this, he began to tell them, hey, you're, um, if y'all remember this last week, I'll, I'll give it to you this way and I'll show you the slide. Last week we talked about as you, as you get closer to God, the things in our life, we go from a got to, I got to go to church, I got to go to church, I got to do this. And as you begin to develop it and like it and enjoy it and get closer to it, it becomes our get to changes, our got to changes to get to. And what Paul was doing, it was he was going the other way around. His get to was sliding back to now I got to. He was sliding back into the rules. But it goes on in the verse and says, earlier, before the certain people had come, James and Peter regularly ate with the non-Jews. They hung out with them. But when the Jews came, when the conservative group came into Jerusalem, they began to change. Look what it says. That Peter cautiously pulled back 
And he, he put as much self in between him and the non-Jewish people. We've all done this. We've all been in public somewhere, maybe with that uncle that nobody likes. And say, hey, is that your uncle so-and-so? Nope, don't know him. Hey, didn't you go to Believer's Church? Nope, never been in there. Uh-uh. And he begins to back away. No, 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 no. No, that's not me. And then he began, it says that's how fearful he was of these Jewish people. This clique that, look at what it had, and I highlighted it for you on the screen behind me. He's pushing this old system. He was trying to draw them back into this rules and regulation that somehow we could save yourself. And you just simply can't. It goes on and says, unfortunately, the rest of the Jews in Antioch church joined the hypocrisy. And Barnabas, who was one that traveled with Peter and Paul, was swept along in the charade. So now not only does his actions affecting him, his actions are also drawing other people and changing other people's got to or get to back into this, I got to do it, I don't get to do it. So he was afraid. You see, it doesn't take much for that get to, the change that got to. Life piles on, it's one thing after another. Anybody feel busy right now? Okay, I'll, I'll just... Mel and I were looking at our schedule the other day, and I love my kids, and I love all their stuff, but I don't need another awards night. I don't need another night, you know. It's like everything, it just piles on. Or anybody felt this, like when one thing goes wrong, everything goes wrong. I was thinking about it the other day. This is the honest truth. This is an honest story. Anybody get frustrated driving to Statesboro on 301, or am I just the only carnal one? Like, like everything in that could get in the way gets in the way. This is the honest truth. Several weeks ago, I was going to Statesboro. And as I headed out and went to four lane into two, I couldn't catch up to this semi truck and I got stuck behind the semi truck. And it was slowed down enough where I legally got around it and passed it. And then I, I go just another few hundred yards up the road and there was one of those big quad John Deere tractors towing one of the biggest disc plows I've ever seen so I love my farmers because they feed me so in grace and mercy I was like yeah so we get around them and then I pull up behind this old 1980s sedan with a nice lady who was older than me going 45 miles an hour I was like I'm never gonna get to Statesboro and I jokingly said to God I was like what else you got so I went around her that was a mistake Went around her, and doggone if this golf cart didn't pull out in front of me. <laughs> Big flag waving in the breeze. You know, a guy riding with his, I assume, grandchild, and they're laughing and talking, just like swerving down 301. We get to a place, I get around that. And this is not, I'm not joking, honest truth. I see something coming, and I thought, I saw a head of an animal. I thought, uh-oh, here comes a deer. It wasn't a deer. It was some joker on a mule. Pulls out in front of me and goes down through. I was like, <laughs> and so I said, God, and I was thinking about this message weeks later, and I said, I get, I get it. See, today, today is for those who feel the, the pull of, I just got to figure this out my way. Something keeps getting in my way. Something keeps, make, it gives me excuses. You know, going that, that day, I had every excuse in the world to be angry. Like, I was frustrated. I was like, next thing you know, it's like a whole first grade class is going to walk out in front of me. It was just getting progressively worse. But see, Paul said, listen, 
we've figured something out. Look what he writes in Galatians. I'll continue in Galatians. He says, we Jews know that we have no advantage. See, the Jews thought they had some kind of special way, but they too needed Jesus just as much as the Gentiles, which is everybody else. So we know very well that we are not right by God by rules, but keeping, but only through knowing Jesus. I said this a couple weeks ago. If anybody ever tells you that you have to be able to explain it and completely understand it and give every, you know, a five-point sermon on why you're going to heaven, they're lying to you. The Bible simply says if you believe it in your heart, you confess it with your mouth, that Jesus is who he says he is, then you're started down the road to being better, but you're immediately saved. Salvation and eternity is yours. Look what it goes on to say. Paul says, well, how do we know? He said, because we tried it and the system didn't work. And the world thinks it has this system that it's, that's awesome. But he, he said, I'm convinced that no human being can please God by self-improvement. No matter how good you think you are, no matter how well you think you can perform, no matter how nice you've been. Somebody told me the other day, um, asked me the other day, do y'all remember when Oprah Winfrey did the big car giveaway in her room? Well, look under your chairs today. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, that would be fun, though that was Oprah Winfrey getting to go to heaven because she's just given so much away and she gives so much stuff away. And honestly, the answer is no. Bill Gates, Elon Musk, there's a good one. Guy just dropped $44 billion just to buy him a new company. All of that's not going to get him into heaven. The Bible says there's one way and self-improvement won't do it. Coming today and showing up, thank you family for coming, but just showing up today doesn't make you a Christian. It may get you closer, but it doesn't make you one. Look what the verse goes on to say. It says, we believed in Jesus the Messiah so that we might be set right before God by trusting in the Messiah, not by just trying to be what? Good. We want our kids to be good, and we want them to be obedient. But the Bible says that's not going to get them in heaven. It's going to be knowing Jesus. He finishes the verse by saying, what actually took place is I tried to keep the rules working my head off to please God, and it didn't work. So I quit trying to be, this is not talking about our law enforcement guys in the room. It's not, it's not the lawman. The lawman he's talking about is, those guys, is the, trying to follow the rules to please God. And God knew all along we were never going to be able to do it. That's why he sent Jesus. So that I could be what? God's man. So my relationship is tied with him. My rightness is is tied to him. And Paul gives us this secret to that what we talked about, that one step, to stay with the gospel of grace. And listen, please hear my heart. I know we have visitors today. I know we have a lot of you visiting today. And I'm going to give you this real quick, and we'll get out of here and go enjoy our afternoon. And for those of you who want to go to step one, we'll go to step one. I realize this is not a rah-rah, happy-happy portion of a message. If that's what you want, come back next week, and I'll, just, I'll, I'll tickle your funny bone, and we'll have a good time next week. But today is something I think we all need. We all need, it's a truth that we all need. It's this idea that Paul says, listen, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives within me. That the life I live in my body, I live by faith by the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In other words, this is not about me. See, that's my body, my flesh calling the shots. It's faith. Our lives is faith in what Jesus did for us, even when we don't see it, even when I don't feel like I'm doing any better. 
Jesus was crucified for us. And some things we need to let die, which I think actually is a great analogy. Because to, I've never heard, I've never gone to a funeral and seen somebody at a funeral in the casket and that person's never complained. Not once, even, some, even sometimes when you're like, why did they put that person in that outfit for their final outfit? Like, I don't think that person ever like, goes to heaven complaining. I can't believe they put me in this ridiculous dress. I can't believe, I hate that tie. I don't, they know I hate that tie. You don't ever hear the things that are dead complaining and whining. And so Paul's saying, listen, I realized that I had to crucify this part of my life to get rid of it because I needed to be able to take what Jesus had for me. You've heard us talk about this one step, and I don't want you to miss this. And again, I said, one step is, we're one step from where we are and where, to, to where God wants us to be. But look at this next thing. Here's how we find that. Choices determine the distance between where we are and where God wants us to be. Not God's choice. Whose choice? Our choice. We have that. We, God's given us the free will to have that choice. And even Peter, who we talked about a minute ago, who when, when Paul was confronting, Peter had his moments. Look at what the Bible says. This is out of Matthew, talking about what Peter went through. Jesus turned to Peter. Now what's about to happen? Jesus has not gone to the cross yet, and Jesus is kind of telling them a plan. And Peter doesn't like that. He gets biggity with Jesus. It says, Peter, get behind me. This is Jesus talking to Satan. You're a stumbling block to me. You don't have them in mind the concerns of God, but merely the human concerns. And then Jesus said to his disciples, hey, if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to deny yourselves. And that's where we hear the phrase, and we get the phrase to take up your cross and follow me. In other words, you're going to have to receive what I do for you and follow me and stop figuring out for yourself. But here's the part of the gospel that we miss. The Bible says, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. And they'll find it where? In me. This is Jesus talking. See, but here's where we run into the problem. Then I'm going to give you a few keys and we'll get out of here. The problem is, we don't, the problem is we want God to change our situation, right? If I got an issue and I got an issue between me and Jimmy or me and Ben, I want God to change them, right? Don't change me. Don't mess with me, God. I got it together. That's, that's his problem. God, in this situation, I'm not the problem. They're the problem. Change it. See, we want to change situation. The truth is God wants to change us. And we don't like that. We don't want God, I even titled the message if you care, like, don't mess with me. We don't like God messing with us. God, it's got to be them. It's got to be them. It's got to be their stuff, their fault. And we want you just change them. Take them out. Don't fix me. Okay, so here's the question. How do we, how do, we do it? If you're visiting today, I usually like to leave, leave you with things uh, that are practical. I call it cookie on the bottom shelf because I'm not the smartest guy in the book and I can just put it, I like to put it down there where we can all understand it. So it's not complicated. And the first one we actually read in Galatians, three times the Bible talks about crucifying the flesh. The first one was in Galatians 2.20, we just read. So the first thing you need to do is just, it's called crucifying yourself. It's putting me under. It's giving God control. Some of you may think back, if you've been saved for a while, to, to your Sunday school, to whatever day that you can remember that you made a profession of faith and gave Jesus your life. And most of us make that, 
but we never actually give him anything. We just want to punch our ticket to heaven, right? We, our eternity, and then we're, we just walk away from it. See, your eternity is secure, but there's still a, a, giving, a giving of ourselves. And really, it's a decision every day. That Paul says this in, in 1 Corinthians. He says, hey, I face death every day. And he literally did. He literally was threatened every day to have his head cut off. He was tortured. He was beaten. But that's not what he was talking about. He said, I face the fact that I'm not in charge, that I've got to give up something in my life, and I've got to listen to him. I don't know if you noticed it, but I tried to purposely over all the kids today to pray that they would, one thing, that they would hear the voice of the Father. If they can do that, if you can teach and we can teach our kids, hey, mommy and daddy may act a fool. We may be crazy. But if you can hear God and his whisper in a voice or God's loud, bold voice, whatever the case may be, you will always be okay. And that's what I teach my girls. So mommy and daddy are going to try to lead you in that way. But you need to know, even if we mess up, God will speak to you. And he'll lead and guide you. And that's what we all need. And Paul says, hey, I face this every day. Paul knew it wasn't just being in church that wasn't gonna, was going to make the cut. See, God had to say, God, I let my attitude die, and I'm asking you to give me yours. Here's another one. God, let me see people the way you do. For a lot of us in life, and even in, in what I do for living here at the church, sometimes you can get very jaded. But sometimes people are crazy. <laughs> sometimes you're like, they did what? They go, where? They said, what? Their kids did, huh? And you can get very jaded, but I remind myself that every, every number in this county, every person that's counted has a name, and every one of those names has a story, and every one of those stories matters to God. You're not just a social security number. That God knows your name, he knows who you are, that you're here for a reason. Even if you're visiting today, you're here on this earth to do something bigger than yourself. John's, John writes in John 3.30, he says that God must become greater and I must be just, I got to get less of me. I'll do better the more of God I get and the less of him. And some, this is a really hard thing for us humans to, to hold on to. See, we live out this in humility. We live it out by saying, well, I'll, I'm going to be humble and say that, God, I need you. The second thing we do is we crucify flesh. So what's the difference between crucify crucifying me and crucifying flesh. I just put it this way. Flesh is the, the desires and the feelings and the stuff that drives us. Most of us in our, fam, in our lives were led by feelings. But here's the problem. Your feelings, if you don't know this, will lie to you. They'll tell you that the world is coming to an end and nobody has ever experienced what you're going through and you're the only one with this issue. Anybody been there? They'll tell you that you can never come out of this. Look, so-and-so never come out of it, so therefore you can never come out of it. Your feelings will lie to you. And I tell my girls over and over, and I'm going to tell you this like I tell them, choices lead, feelings follow. Sometimes it's, it's making a hard choice that you know is what's best and what God's got for us, and then letting your feelings catch up. A lot of us make decisions off feelings, and a lot of us... <laughs> I'll tell you this, somebody drove their feeling to, ch to church today. Y'all think about that? Some, some of us drove our feelings, yeah, you literally got it. Why? Because when you saw that bright, shiny car and those nice rims and the, 
and thought there's never been a deal like there's going to be today, what moved? Feelings. And you drove it today because you bought it. But we didn't ask God. And I'm not going to stand here and tell you, you got to ask God everything. I think God leads us and guides us. But it's a good imagery of us going, wow, not really thinking through the consequences when feelings lead. It's a great idea, but it's a terrible life philosophy. And actually, if you want to get biblical, it's a bad theology. Because the Bible actually says in Joshua, Joshua says this, that you choose today who you're going to serve. Then he says, I don't know about you guys, but for me and my house, we're going to give God our best shot. I don't think he was intending, God, we're going to be perfect. God, we're, we're always going to make the right decision. God, I'm going to be at church every Sunday. I love that, but don't tell me that because it's just not true. Y'all are a faithful bunch. But sometimes we mess up. But I think Josh, Josh was saying, hey, but, but for me and my kids and my family, what I have control over, we're going to do our best to do what God's asked us to do. Which leads us to our third one. And ushers, you can do your thing. Praise team, you can come back. And here, here's how we have to live this out. This has to be an everyday choice. You've heard me say this several times. It has to be an everyday choice. It has to be a choice that I decide today that I'm going to follow, that I'm going to listen, that I'm going to do maybe something I don't really, I'm not excited about doing because my, my got to haven't, hasn't really switched over to that get to yet. And some of you this morning just have a decision to make. And I'm not going to call you up to the front. I'm not going to embarrass you if you're visiting today. That's just not what we're about. But it is very much a decision time for all of us that today I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to choose to follow. Look what the Bible says. This is out of Galatians 6. It says, as for me, God, I'm never going to boast about anything I've done. I'm never going to boast about anything but Lord Jesus. And because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified. And the world's interest in me has died off. Because the world's not going to like it. But God, I'm going to choose you. Today, I'm going to draw a line. Thank God for grace and mercy. Because when we step back over the line and we mess up, the Bible simply says that you say, God, I'm sorry, forgive me. And you start over. And it begins to let us do this and crucify the world off of us because we put God in front. We put God ahead of us. And that's where we're going to go today. Again, the whole theme of this verse is keep moving forward, keep moving forward, don't slide back. So for just a second, I'd like to ask you just to bow your head and close your eyes. Every week I ask the guys to kind of turn the lights back down. We're going to sing one last song in just a second as we finish. Nothing strange is it's going to happen. It's just a time for us just to kind of settle in our hearts. Hey, maybe he's talking to me. Maybe God's talking to me. For some of you, you make a decision today. You've never met Jesus. You've never, you do, this is all new to you, but you know in your heart something's thumping that's bigger than you. I truly believe that's God going, hey, I'm still here. I'll wait on you. And for some of you, it's time to make that choice. To raise your hand and say, yeah, today I need to get my life right with God. Or maybe I need to just dive in for the first time. If that's you this morning, I'm just going to ask you, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I'm not going to call you out. I just want you to wave at me so I can pray for you. Just raise your hand and say, hey, yeah, Clint, include me in that prayer. I'm going to pray. 
There's a couple hands. Anybody else? All right. Then you can just pray something simple like this. Just say, Lord Jesus, today I receive you. Forgive me of my sin. And God, when I leave here today, I'm gonna do my best to listen to you, to follow you. And God, when I mess up, I'm gonna say I'm sorry and repent. And then we're gonna keep charging forward. God, for all those who've said that prayer this morning, God, I thank you that their lives are forever changed because their eternity is secure. And God, you help us all take one step, one step closer every day to you. And God, I thank you for it now. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Why don't you stand with me one more time? We're gonna sing this song. It's called, God, You're So Good. Just give you a chance to let the word you heard today settle in your heart. And then we're gonna go enjoy our afternoon. If you if you made that decision, you can fill out the card in front of you or like Melanie said, shoot that QR code. We'll have people over here to my right, to your left. If you just need somebody to pray with you, they'd love to pray with you. And if you signed up for step one, even if you didn't sign up for step one, you're more than welcome to come join us, grab some lunch and hear what it's all about. And we'll do that. I'm gonna go ahead and bless us as we leave. Then we're gonna sing. God, I thank you in Jesus name that you're good, that you're here for us and that today lives are changed for eternity. God, we bless all those families who brought kids today to be dedicated. And we thank you, God, for each of those boys and girls that are world changers, county changers, God, that this city and county will never see kids like these that have come to change the world by your power and your strength. And we thank you for it now, Father. In Jesus' name, and everybody said,